This message was recorded at Devoted, a Christ Central Festival for all the family. To find out more about Devoted, please visit devotedevent.org. We're here to introduce Lou, our dear, lovely friend Lou, but I'm here to promote her second live album. This is amazing. The first one two years ago was extraordinary, and I love this one too. I listen to her albums nearly all the time. They bless me, they feed me. 9.99, buy it. Very good. The thing that we love about Lou is her friendship. Uh, we love her fun. We love her cheek. And we love the fact that on the stage, she can embarrass me uh, without any fear of comeback, without any shame. And she just gets away with it. And I don't understand that. But the, uh, we want to welcome Lou tonight to speak. The thing that has impressed us about Lou is her deep love for Jesus. That, that comes across as she's led worship so well. And by the way, guys, where's the team tonight? Man, Joss, you rocked it. You that was amazing. Thank you so much. That was absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, team. We'll officially thank you tomorrow, but I think Chris, uh, the trumpet and all the rest of it, won't be with us tomorrow. So where's Chris? Is he still there? Chris, what a star, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Brilliant. Absolutely amazing. So Lou has introduced us to these people. Her friends have become our friends, and we've been friends with Nathan and Lou for many years, and just impressed by just their lifestyle, their Christ-centered lifestyle, how they love Jesus, how they work that out in their family, in their business, in their community, in their day-to-day living. We've been impressed how Lou puts Jesus right in the center of her lyrics and in the center of her life. And we've asked Lou to come and speak to us tonight to bring Christ to us. And I'm just going to pray as Lou comes that she would come in the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for our friend, Lou Fellingham. I want to thank you, Lord, for 20, 30 years of friendship with Nathan and Lou. And Lord, I want to pray now that as she comes to bring your word to us, Lord, that you'd fill this dear one with your spirit and that she'd communicate to us truth and life and the spirit of Jesus. And therefore, we welcome Lou in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's welcome our friend. Wow. (laughs) Go team. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate coming here and standing and sharing with you tonight. I was saying to Jeremy, I couldn't be more loved as I come on this stage. I know. Even as I've walked around the site, everyone's, can't wait for Sunday. Can't wait. We're rooting for you. We're excited for you. We're really looking forward to hearing you speak. So I already feel at home which is so nice and also slightly nerve-wracking. The stakes feel high. However, I do believe that uh, God has called me to come and bring something that he has placed on my heart that I hope will stir your heart. And that's really what it's about tonight, is encountering him first and foremost. So tonight, my message is called Dead or Alive. Living the resurrection life. Now, I'm not talking about how you feel after three nights of camping. Some of you might feel slightly like, am I dead or am I alive? I don't know how it feels right now. But I'm actually talking about Jesus. Now, we've sung so beautifully tonight about the throne. We've seen him. We've gazed on him. 
And it's wonderful in these moments when we come together, we can hone in, we can focus our attention. But what does it mean when we go home, when we're on the ground, life hits, are there moments when we still believe that Jesus is alive and are there moments maybe sometimes we might think, oh, I'm not really functioning like he's alive. It feels like he's a bit dead right now. So I just want to share a few things that God has placed on my heart. Is that okay? So if you want to turn with me to Luke 24, verse 1 to 12, I'm just going to read it for you. You've got, if you've got your phones, devices, Bibles, have you got them with you? Are we proper Christians? Just check in. Luke 24. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women who were with him who told these things to the apostles. These words seemed like an idle tale and they didn't believe them. But Peter rose, ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves and he went home marveling at what had happened. Lord, I thank you that you have uh, things that are dead in us tonight that you want to bring to life. And I want to come and ask, Lord, I know that, that we know some of these truths so well, and yet we need you to come and breathe on them again. So I pray, reveal yourself tonight. Come and show us you. So it's not about me. It's not about my words, but it's about King Jesus. I pray, come and make yourself known again. Amen. Have you ever told somebody something and it looks like it's going in, right? It looks like they're listening to you. They're taking all the information in. But when it comes back to it, they haven't really taken a lot in. Now, as a mother of three, there may be a few occasions where I have asked my children to do something. And they say, yeah, yeah, mom, I'll do it. No problem, Mark, I'll do that. And then when it comes down to it, they've forgotten or they didn't really listen. Or they say, oh, I didn't really hear you say that, mom. Anyone ever felt that before? Anyone been guilty of actually looking like they're listening, but actually they're not really listening? I have to confess that does happen to me too. My children could testify to many occasions where they're like, Mom, I told you that. I know, I'm really sorry, forgive me. We have a a, a thing in our, our house where we are not allowed to give any spoilers. Okay, do you know what that means with movies and things? So we are not allowed to let the game, give the game away. And um, the thing about Jesus was he gave a spoiler. He told them what was going to be happening. He told his disciples. He'd been walking with them, talking with them, eating, sleeping with them for about three years now. And over the course of time, he showed them he was no ordinary man. He was full of surprises. He did not fit in the box. He demonstrated over and over again his ability to show signs and wonders and miracles. And he talked of a kingdom that appeared to be completely opposite to what everyone else was talking about. Love your enemies. If you die, you'll live. The rich, you can become poor. 
and the poor will become rich. Now, with these spoilers, um, oh no, I'm going to actually not say that. Don't worry. I'm going through my notes. Although the story hadn't been written yet in the Bible, Jesus did tell them what was happening, right? He spoke frequently about it. He said that he would die, he would be given over to man, would die, and on the third day would rise. It might have been cryptic sometimes, but I know that it was clear enough because when the chief priests were making plans for Jesus and they commanded that a heavy stone would be placed in front of his tomb because they'd heard him talk about the fact that he was going to rise from the dead and they did not want to see this guy again. So it was definitely clear that he had mentioned it. But for the disciples, the penny didn't drop. No matter how clear Jesus had been to them, the version of their events in their minds and what they were prepared for looked somewhat different. Have you ever had moments in your life where you prepared for something, you feel like you're on a journey, you know you're going in a certain direction, and then all of a sudden, wham, it looks completely different? That's how it would have felt for the disciples. Sometimes we read through these moments. We go, yeah, Jesus did this, and he walked with them, and then he died, and then he rose again, and they were fine. Actually, this was a person they loved. They'd given everything. They'd left their homes. They'd left their families. They'd left their workplaces. They'd left everything for this man. They hung on his every word. They believed him to be the Messiah. They believed him to be the answer. They'd seen him do these incredible things. And then all of a sudden, this man, this person that they loved dearly, was hung on a cross was being accused and beaten and mocked and everything that he had built and said was right was being jeered at and torn down. It must have been pretty challenging. It must have been really difficult. It wasn't like Jesus just turned up one day and then died. They watched him suffer in agony. The one they loved. Now, I don't know if you've... We had a little baby have a wasp sting this week And all of us were like thrown into a tears. The baby's got a wasp sting and he's crying and it really hurts because we love this baby and we don't want him to be hurt in any way. And there was Jesus with nails in his hands and his feet and a crown of thorns on his head, scarred, blood dripping down his body. Their saviour hung on the cross. I wonder what was going on in their heads at that point. Did they get it wrong? Was he not who he said he was? Did they misunderstand who he said he was? Now, the day after Jesus died was the Sabbath. I know that many of us are familiar with that, but I also know that some of you here, you know, you're new, you might not have heard this before, but the Sabbath day was a day of rest for the Jews. And Jesus was died, died on the night before Sabbath. So he, he was died and then he was buried and he was put in that tomb. But nobody the next day could do anything about it. They just had to go back to their homes. I, I can't imagine they would have even wanted to eat Can you imagine, sat around the table the day after he died? Sorrow, silence, confusion. But Sunday morning came, and very, very early, these women ran to the tomb. Now, I'm not quite sure what they thought they were going to do, because they must have known that a big stone was going to be in front of the tomb, right? So what were they going to do? Right, Mary, you get a bit of material, and you put it underneath the stone there, and I'll give it a shove from back here, and if you pull over there, I reckon we can do it, ladies. Come on, girls. I mean, what did they think they were going to do? However, they ran with spices prepared. They wanted to take care of the one they loved. But when they arrived there, what did they find? stone 
was rolled away. The tomb was empty. Can you imagine their brains at that moment? They couldn't phone a friend. Uh, Does anyone... uh, Anyone know where Jesus is? I I can't seem to find him. Or Google Maps the tomb. Now, I'm sure it was this tomb over here. I'm sure it was this one. He wasn't there. The one place they expected him to be, he wasn't there. And while they were still puzzled, two men appeared from nowhere, dazzling, and said, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And then they remembered his words and went and told the eleven, why do you seek the living among the dead? This really just struck a chord in me as I was reading this scripture again. Why do you seek the living among the dead? We know that Jesus has risen. He is no longer in the grave. As Christians, we hold our whole life on this. They're going to Cambodia because they know that Jesus has risen from the dead. We know it. We believe it. And Easter comes around and we're like, yeah, Jesus is alive. Let's, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Six months later, halfway through the year before we get to Easter again, are we feeling particularly celebratory? Do we wake up every Sunday morning and go, yeah, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. I don't know about you, but sometimes I arrive at church on a Sunday morning and I'm not feeling very like Jesus is alive. I've had a fight with one of the kids in the car. I've lost whatever it is at home. I'm always late. I try so hard. I really do. I really try hard. Nath gets a little bit frustrated with me sometimes. But I really want to be there on time. In my head, I'm an an optimist, right? So I can fit plenty of things in before we go. That's basically what it's down to, optimism. I just placed my optimism in the wrong pocket, unfortunately. But sometimes on a Sunday morning... I might be tired, I might have had a difficult week, I might have had other stuff going on, or I might just have had a bad morning and I arrive at church and I've scrabbled, and I'm not going, yeah, Jesus is alive. But actually, he is. Actually, he is. Now, a good person, a very lovely person, wrote a song once called, This Changes Everything. But, Do we actually believe it? I wasn't actually doing this to plug my song. I just wanted to say that. It was just a little amusement for me. Um, Again, I feel that sometimes we forget that because Jesus is alive, we forget what impact it has. It changes the past. It changes our now. And it changes our future. I'm going to say that again. Because Jesus is alive, it changes our past it's done with, it's dealt with. It changes our now and our perspective and how we live and what we're going to give ourselves to. And it changes because we also know what the future holds. How many of you remember that in your everyday? I know sometimes I don't. I have to remind myself. I have to wake myself up to this truth. Every wrong I've ever done, every wrong that has been done to me has been dealt with at the cross and the resurrection. He bore my ugliness and my sin 
and my shame and he dealt with it on the cross by dying the death that I should have died and rising again from the dead. Everything has been sorted. Now, I know that this again, familiar, old school, Lou. I've heard this gospel before. I know. But, you know, sometimes we can grow a little complacent with the truth that actually, before God, I am nothing without him. It's only by his grace. It's only by what he accomplished. I am wretched. I am ugly. I am a sinner, and I cannot come before him. But because of Jesus' death and resurrection, I now come boldly. I come with confidence. Not in myself, but myself in Christ. This is for you. This is for me. Now, I was, as I was preparing, I really felt that some of you are still living as though the past dictates who you are. We say, yeah, yeah, Jesus has forgiven me, I'm accepted, I'm forgiven, and yet we are still allowing certain parts of our past to dominate and to define us. We allow those things to creep in, and actually Jesus has said, I have dealt with that. I have done it. I have paid it all. Some of us tonight are still walking with shame, and it's unnecessary. It's not from God. He hasn't placed it on you. He's taken that and lifted it off. And I just want us to pause for a minute. I want us to ask, are any of you tonight still living as though your past defines you? Because I want to tell you that Jesus has rewritten your story. He has given you his DNA. You now belong to him and your past is erased. As far as the east is from the west, it has been thrown away. It has been dealt with. It is remembered no more. So don't let the enemy come down on you and tell you that you're still that person. You're not because you belong to Jesus. Now this, of course, is if you belong to Jesus. If you don't, then hopefully you will do by the end of tonight. Lord, I want to thank you for every person in this room that has given themselves to you. I thank you that that you have dealt with every sin, every shame, every guilt. You have paid the price. You have paid the debt. You have made everything clear so that we can come before you. As we have turned and we have given ourselves to you, as you have forgiven us, we are now free. So I pray that the shame that people are carrying tonight will be lifted off in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, it changes our past. You are now new creations. The old has gone and the new has come. Now what does this new look like? What does it mean now? Well, it means that it defines your present with the future in sight. Okay? It changes how we live our lives. And tonight, I believe there are some of us who are living where most of our lives can be covered by this resurrection, but there's parts of us that we're still holding on to, okay? We're not actually allowing God to be alive in those areas of our lives. 
I had a picture. It's like you're open-handed with lots and lots of things, but actually there's a few things your hand is tight with. You're closed. Now, I know there are reasons for those things. I don't just say that lightly. But tonight, God wants you to, finger by finger, piece by piece, allow him to take those things back. I'm going to just read this bit here. It's like you're saying, you can have this, Lord. You can have that, Lord. You can have this area of my life. But actually, you can't have this bit. Maybe it's because of disappointment. Maybe you're really disappointed with how your life has looked or stuff that's happened. And so it's too painful to give it to him. Maybe there's what you feel is unanswered prayer. So you've taken that bit back. Yeah, you're not going to be risen over that bit because you've not answered my prayer the way I want you to. Maybe there are doors that you thought were going to open and actually they've been shut closed. So again, the barrier goes up, the wall goes up. Well, you could be risen over this bit, Lord, but you can't have that bit. Maybe it's because we actually just don't believe God anymore. I know there are some here who are having trouble believing who God is and believing that he is who he says he is. It's so easy to get swept up singing, worshipping, even having the face that everybody thinks is okay. But deep down, you're dying, you've got questions. There are some of you here that are feeling that tonight. We don't believe that God is good all the time. He's good most of the time, but on this area, I've not seen his goodness. I'm taking it back. We don't believe we can trust him Well, he came through on this, so I know I can trust him with this part of my life. But this bit, he's not come through in, so I'm taking it back. We don't believe he's faithful all the time. Well, he's been faithful up until this point here, but then at that point he really let me down, so I'm taking it back. I know he says he works all things together for good, but I haven't seen much good around here. So I'm taking it back. Now some of us will call that life. Life happens. So what do we do? How do we live full, wonderful lives in Jesus, knowing that the resurrection changes and defines who we are? Something happens in our career. We hadn't hoped for that, and we feel that God doesn't care. I'm just going to call out a few things. Some of you, it's about your workplace. You're absolutely gutted and broken that God hasn't opened that door for you. Some of it's to do with finances. God can have my career, but the finance thing, I'm going to keep hold of my money. I'll give him some, because, you know, I like to give my first fruits. I'm doing what I should do. But really, even as you do that, you're still holding on to your finances, You're not actually being generous in your spirit because you're just giving the portion that you know is required, but actually your heart is still holding on. Or maybe you just got into debt, and so you're drowning, and you feel like God's not helping me here, so he's resurrected here, but in this area here, -uh, he's not breaking through. And rather than reaching out and asking him to pull you out and allowing him to bring you through, 
you're just saying, no, I'm not going to give you this one, Lord. I'm keeping it. I'm taking it back. Family, are we allowing Jesus to reign on the throne over our family? This counts for our children who maybe aren't saved and we're desperate to see them saved. Maybe it's for children that you long for and you feel God hasn't answered your prayer on that yet. For me, I know that my mum passed away when she was 56. And uh, so for me, I was left without a mum quite early in my life. And um, I've had to overcome and fight that fear that I'm going to have to leave my children. And that's a horrible thing, isn't it? We're like, well, I don't want that to happen to my family. So I have a choice with those thoughts. I have a choice with those feelings. Do I allow those feelings to be the thing that rules me? Or do I say, no, Jesus is on the throne and I will trust him even when it's really hard. And it is hard. And there are wobble days. There are. But that doesn't change where Jesus is. It just, I have to keep my perspective and keep my gaze on him. It's really important. Maybe it's your church. Is Jesus Lord over your church or are you Lord over your church? Am I allowed to say that? I just said it, Jeremy. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. This isn't actually about condemnation. It's actually about release. This isn't to say, shame on you. You should stop building your church. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. It's actually about going, hey, throw that off. It's about Jesus. He's building his church. So quick, jump on board. Get on his back. Let him piggyback you for a while if you need it. It's about him building his church. So I want to encourage you tonight. Maybe the hands have become a bit closed because you're desperate, because you believe, because you know that Jesus is the answer and you really, really want him to succeed and grow in your area. And you want to see people's lives impacted. You want to see people's lives changed. But you're beginning to do it in your own strength rather than allowing Jesus to be the one reigning. I've got one more. Sin. Now, we all fall into this every now and again. I have several times over the week, you know, thought something bad or had a wrong motive or a wrong attitude or been selfish or thought about myself or about other people and, you know, been sinful. But the thing I'm talking about tonight is actually an actual act of your will where maybe some of you have stopped believing in God's goodness and you're taking it into your own hands in terms of what satisfies you. I'm saying this with real love because you're being robbed. Time is short. You don't want to waste it on things that are not of God. You want to waste it on the things that God has got for you. We think sometimes we believe the lie 
that life is better outside of God's will and plans. We think, he can't possibly know what it's like to be me. I mean, he hasn't actually lived my life. So he doesn't know how trapped I am, or he doesn't know how I need to get on the computer at night, whether it's doing gambling, or whether it's doing pornography, or whether it's you've got your eyes on another woman or another man. Because everything looks so much better out there sometimes. Because life is hard work. But actually, the grass is not greener over there. And Jesus says tonight, I want you to say and know that he sits on the throne and he is risen and he is all and everything that you need. It's hard. But I want, I just, Lord, I just pray for anyone here. I don't know if there's one person or if there's 25 people that are actively in those places. But I believe, God, that you want to call it out tonight and set them free. So I pray for freedom in Jesus' name. And I ask you, God, that you will come now and reveal your love and your greatness and your throne room again tonight so that we are so captivated by you that we don't want anything else. Help us, Lord, in our weakness. Amen. Now, the list goes on, and I may not have called out everything in your life that is not um, subject to the fact that Jesus is alive. But I want to tell you something. The disciples hadn't clocked it. They didn't clock the story, who Jesus was. But it didn't actually change who Jesus was because he never changes. He is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he was, was the God who saves, then he is now and he will be forever. If he was faithful in the past, then he is now and he will be forever. If he was Lord back in the Old Testament and in the Bible, then he is Lord now and he is Lord forever. That never changes. He cannot waver from who he is and what he has done. He didn't die once for all sins, only to have a few that weren't covered by his death and resurrection. He isn't merciful most of the time, but then he switches it off and then can't be bothered occasionally, which is quite frankly how I am sometimes. He's not like me. He is merciful all the time. He doesn't invite you to join in with all that he has accomplished and offer it freely only to tell you, you need to be a bit more perfect, Jeremy. If you can just, you know, notch it up a few notches, then you can come back. No, the invitation, the gift is free, always. He never changes. He is constant. He is steadfast. He is solid. He is sure. He never changes, and all those things are good. He never stops being good, and he never stops being God. My question tonight for you is, he's changed the past by being alive. Will you let him be alive in every area of your life? Are there areas in your life that actually you've just you're holding, you've taken back, is tonight the night where you can give them back to him. Our job is to come and surrender, and it's the spirit who changes things. 
So it's not actually right now about closing your eyes and I must try harder, I must think harder. Okay, if I really believe you, something is going to shift. Actually, it's about coming to him and it's the Holy Spirit who brings these truths alive and changes us. He says that as we gaze on him, we are transformed by the power of his spirit. So I want you to know that tonight he wants you to be free in every area of your life. He wants you to be alive in every area of your life. There's one more thing that I need to mention, and that's sickness. This is a tricky one. I have family who are living with long-term sickness. I lost my mum to cancer. But I do believe that God is a healer. But when we're waiting for that moment, and we don't know if it's going to come this side of heaven, what do we do? Are you letting Jesus be alive and resurrected over that area of your life? It basically means that you subject all the pain and the confusion and the difficulty and the uncertainty into a certain God. And it also means that your hope is then not just in the miracle, but your hope is in him. Because the miracle may not come this side of heaven. And even if it does, these bodies give up anyway. So our hope can't just be in that moment. Now, I don't say that lightly. And I know there are things that some of you are walking that I have never experienced. And I, and I don't want to say it glibly. But I also want to encourage you that you can live free and alive even if your body is not functioning fully. I believe it. I've seen it with my family. I've seen it, Jenny. And there's more. And I'm going to keep crying out and praying for, pre you know, for you to be delivered from this. And for many of you, you are asking God for miracles and we've seen miracles this weekend. So we know he's a miracle working God. We know it. But where does our hope lie? Where does our hope lie? He is alive and this changes everything. So it changes our past. Nothing has a hold on you no more. You are now new creations in Christ. It changes our now because everything can be subject to his lordship and his grace and his mercy. And all that we are is now hidden in Christ. And now we get to receive all the incredible rewards in him. So everything can come under his goodness and his grace. All the times we fail, we let him down, we bring it under his goodness and his grace. All the time life doesn't go quite how we expected it, we bring it under his goodness and his grace. But the amazing thing is, friends, it's not just for now, is it? Because, frankly, if this was it, it wouldn't be that great. Would it? Yeah. Okay, I've got to keep going. I've got to keep going because Jesus is alive and it's all right and it's going to be fine and it's going to be okay and it's going to be okay. But this is it. I really hope it's not. Because it would be very exhausting sometimes. And it, to what end? Jesus is alive to change our past, to define our now, and to bring us a future. Okay? So sickness is temporary, 
all of our life here is temporary because we have a future and a promise in heaven with him. We've heard a lot about kingdom, haven't we? I love the kingdom of God. I love it. And we get to have a taste, a foretaste of heaven on earth now, a kingdom of God now on earth. But this is just a glimpse. We have this incredible hope of seeing him face to face. I was thinking about him with that gl- the, on the throne with a glass. I was thinking, oh man, that must be an amazing reflection, you know, with water. It's like the reflection, isn't there, of what's above. I wonder what the reflection of the throne room looks like. It must be bouncing all around there with the light and the glory and this incredible wave of sound. And we get to one day get caught up and see that. We get to join in. If all we are living for is now, it is temporary. Hope is faint. Satisfaction in things now lasts for a moment. That's why you're going to go to Cambodia. <laughs> she was correcting her children just at that moment. Oh, yeah. Right. Turn around. I've had so many of those moments. <laughs> That's why Jeremy and Anne travel the world telling people about Jesus because life here is temporary. Jesus is alive for something far greater than this reflection of what we've got coming. He offers us life to the full here, but this is not it. Some of us are living like it is, We get so caught up in what's in front of us that we forget to see the bigger view. We forget to take hold of the bigger picture. Actually, this is not it. We have an eternal purpose. We have an eternal home, an eternal destiny. And some of us are living as though Jesus is still in the grave rather than living as though he is alive and he's coming back for us. Our now affects our future and our future affects our now. I'm going to say that again. Our now affects our future and our future affects our now. They are forever intertwined. We belong to this different kingdom. We're now aliens on this earth. If we accept forgiveness for sins and allow Jesus to be Lord, then we now belong to his family forever. Some of the things I've called out tonight are difficult. And I feel, I, it's funny, I was walking and praying and I was like, oh Lord, I don't know if I can say that because I haven't lived it. And I almost felt a little bit in fear. If I say that, God, you might actually make me have to go through it. I, I had that conversation in my head. And then I thought, but what's true is true. I have to say what is true. And I have to trust God that he's alive, even though it's a bit scary sometimes. We all have those moments. We all have those conversations with God in our head. And I have to trust him. And and even saying this makes me feel a bit nervous in my tummy. But Jesus is alive. Ah! You know when people say, well, I prayed for this and then it happened. I've just said something and I've got to trust. I feel being vulnerable with you tonight is, is important. 
because I don't believe in pretense. What you see up on stage with me being stupid and dancing around, that is basically what I'm like. I'm not just putting on a, come on church, we could do it, let's have a show. Uh, you know, I, what you see is what you get, okay? This is me. Yeah. I am this, you know, I mean, you don't see everything, like me shouting at my children or um, <laughs> being selfish or having to work through these things. But I'm telling you, that's what I'm like. I am like everybody else. We all go through these moments, okay? But we need to be real with God. And tonight, I want us to do business with him. I want us to know and declare that Jesus is Lord over our past, shame erased, over our now, every single part of our life subject to the fact that he is on the throne and he is alive because it affects our future. He is coming back and we belong to him. It's not about pretending. He can cope with our reality. And actually, he wants us to be real. Otherwise, we only go so deep. Have you ever got some of those friends where when you're talking, you only go so far because you can't go any deeper because the, it only goes this, you know, it's polite. I don't want to be like that with God. And he certainly doesn't want it. He wants us to be real. He wants us to go deep with him. He wants that friendship. He wants that intimacy because he's for us, because he wants us to win because he's done everything for us to win. I felt that um, there are some here tonight, you've got walls up still. We've had a really incredible few days and I'm still kind of processing it all. But there are still some of you that you haven't really jumped in that river we've been talking about. You haven't really entered in yet. You're waiting for your moment or you're just basically still hurting. And tonight is your night to let those walls come down and allow him to come to you. Now, I believe that he is a God of comfort when we need comfort and a God of uh, roaring lion features when we need him to be a lion. He is all things to all men, far more than Paul was, because he knows he is what we need. So if you're broken tonight, he wants to come to you. If you need finance and you need help with your, your debts, he can come and bring wisdom and he can give you others. That's why we're part of a, a body, part of a church. The kingdom is not about being me and me, my, myself and my lane. Actually, God has each of us things to do, but we're part of this body. So he gives us one another. I believe there are marriages here tonight that are in strife. And we think because we're Christians, we're not allowed to let anyone know. The problem is, when that happens, we get so far from being able to come back, we don't know how to recover. And if we'd said early on, help, things would look different. I really believe it. I had this amazing thing. This guy at New Day was uh, just giving his testimony on stage. And he said, my marriage was completely at its wit's end. It had nothing. He said, you know, like when a candle burns out and there's a tiny bit of wick left. He said, there wasn't even a wick. <laughs> but God came and did something. Jesus is alive. And he rules. And he reigns. And he is the God of the impossible. I know it. But we have to let him in. 
You can keep him and keep your hands closed, but how's he going to change anything? I mean, he does do his suddenlies because he's nice like that. But actually, he wants us to come and turn to him. And I believe tonight there are certain people you feel like the wick has gone. And I want to tell you, Jesus is alive and he can bring life to your lifeless place. I believe it. I know it. And it's not because of me. It's because of his word and it's because he's on the throne. We're doing for time. Mm. I've got hours. (laughs) Okay, Lord. I'm not, there is a missional edge to this. You know, the ladies, they ran to tell the disciples. The disciples didn't believe them. Now, some of that, ladies, is because of the culture. Some of it is because of that. It's not just because we're girls. We are believable. I just want you to know that. But actually, that can be very much the way it is for us in the world. We've found, we've discovered, and we run, and we go and tell people, and they want nothing to do with it. Well, that's okay for you, but I don't really believe you. But that doesn't change, again, the fact that he is alive, and we have to keep running, and we have to keep telling, and we have to keep sharing. But we have to believe it ourselves. Otherwise, it's empty words. God can use it, but it's not going to be nearly as powerful. So tonight, it's about seeing you have your walk and your home and everything subject to the fact that Jesus is alive and then bringing that and channeling it and pouring it out into your neighborhoods and with your friends and with family, maybe unsafe family, maybe others around you in your workplace, in the schools, with your grandchildren, whether you're really good at baking cakes or whether you're, you know, want to do painting or I really feel this weekend as well, creativity is massive. And there are many creative people here and God wants to release creativity afresh. Or can I just pause here for that? Um, I'd really love it. If you feel that you are creative in any way, it can be in anything. It can be with dressmaking or art stuff or caking or whatever it is, music. Whether you you need creativity in your workplace, God is a creative God. And I really believe he wants to release creativity tonight. I can feel it. So before we move on to this last bit, can you please open your hands up? And, or if you want to stand, I want you to respond. Chris, I believe that you have got, uh, you've been called into the area and the workplace where you are, but God wants to release new creativity onto you. Don't settle for what you've got. Don't settle for what the world looks like. God has fresh creativity for you and he wants to pour it out tonight. <sighs> Come Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you that you are so creative. We, we barely even really think about the things that you think of. When we look at creation, the designs, the colors, the intricacy, the patterns, the detail, 
we just get a glimpse of your creativity. And I believe, God, that you want to unlock creativity in many people here tonight. So I pray, breathe on us, Holy Spirit. I want to pray for new ideas. I want to pray for new colors, for new sounds, for new ways to connect with people through creativity. I want to pray for great skills in whatever they're building, whatever they're making. I want to ask you, God, that you will unlock opportunities for the creative world to have impact, Lord, into the nation and other nations. Lord, I believe that creativity is on your heart. I believe that you love to pour out your creativity. And so we want to say, Holy Spirit, come breathe on us. I want to pray for change to happen in many people's lives as a result of your creativity blowing and breathing through us. Lord, I thank you for the moments, even thinking about that lady in the hospital and coloring and and designing and sitting with children. I thank you for those moments that bring connection and bring life. I thank you for I contact that can come through that. I thank you for conversations that can come through that. I want to thank you for just expressions that can be seen and discovered as people um, pour out their, their artwork and they pour out their music and they pour out their poetry and they pour out whatever it is that you are releasing right now, Lord. I ask for this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We receive you, Lord. Right, guys, let's go for it. I'm still learning about this. I think I can count on my hands how many times I'm preached yet. So I'm still in my new season. So I'm learning how to land some of this stuff. And I really appreciate Jeremy and Anne being so kind in letting me stand up here and share with you. But I I do believe that there are areas in our lives that we are not subjecting to Jesus being alive. They just are. I've confessed mine tonight. We've all got them. So I just want us to wait for a minute and ask the Holy Spirit to remind us that Jesus is alive over everything. He is trustworthy. He is faithful. He has overcome. By his spirit, he can give you all that you need to overcome. Come Holy Spirit Breathe again on us Reveal your mercy Oh Lord, reveal your love Soften my heart to you, Lord Where the barriers are high I need you to break in Reveal yourself Bring change to my life Lord, I acknowledge I can't do it on my own I believe that you are risen, you are seated on the throne, I believe that you are Lord of everything, you are Lord of every part, Spirit I need your help. 
to align my head with my heart. Oh, come breathe on us, Lord. want to respond now to something specific that I've said, just something God said to you. I'm going to invite you to stand where you are, if you're able to. If you're not, God knows you're standing inside. to carry on doing what she's doing. This is a different way to minister at the end of a meeting. But all along I was feeling at the end of this meeting, you're going to be ministered to in music. You're going to be ministered to in sound. There are some meetings that you need hands laid on you. And there are some meetings that you need songs sung over you. And this is a song singing over you moment and what's going to happen now prophetically Lou's going to carry on singing and the band are going to carry on playing prophetically you see musicians don't just play good tunes they prophesy on their instruments and breakthrough comes as the trumpet sounds breakthrough comes as the drum is hit breakthrough comes as chords and notes you just need to lift your hands right now to God just lift your hearts right now to God you're not going to come forward to be prayed for God's going to come to you personally individually he's going to come to you as Luce continues to sing over you and these guys continue to operate in their prophetic gift
the edge of some creativity here we're kind of on the edge of something I don't know if you can sense that there's a this dam that Ginny prophesied about on the first night I kind of feel it's breaking and something is breaking in how we respond to the Spirit of God something is breaking and I'm gonna in a moment ask different instruments to start to play and as different instruments start to play different things are gonna happen you see there's something about the trumpet that is signaling warfare. There's something about a victory, de declarative note that breaks something. There's something about the drumbeat, actually. There's something about authority and breakthrough and power that's going to come to us. There's things that are going to, as these guys minister to us in a moment, sicknesses are going to go, not because anyone's laid hands on you, but because the Spirit of God has come on you powerfully. See, when Saul was troubled by an evil spirit, David would come and minister in the power of the Spirit. He'd come and minister with music, and that would bring peace. 
and calm. Now that was Old Covenant. In the New Covenant, it doesn't just bring peace and calm. It brings deliverance, brings breakthrough. It sets us free. Can I just say, I feel as well, I felt this weekend, movement is really key. I'm not saying you have to dance up and down, but I'm saying there's something about when we move our bodies in response to what God is doing that also brings freedom. And I really felt there was going to be something about movement and dance tonight on the injustice, over sickness, whatever it is. We're going to take ground tonight. Let's take ground tonight. Believe that Jesus is alive. Yeah. Yes. We're not going to stand anymore for our marriages being robbed and destroyed. We're not going to stand for our eyes to go downward instead of looking up to our King. We're going to take ground tonight by the power of the Spirit in Jesus Christ. Oh. We're going to take ground tonight. He's going to take ground in the power the Spirit in Jesus Christ. Yeah! Go for it. Go for it. Oh, break those chains, Lord. Break down our wounds, Lord.
tonight because we're being very English about it. And I'm English. When we're desperate for something, we call on his name because we know he's the only one who can save us. So I want us to call on his name. I want us to move our bodies and believe the change tonight. Go, Jacob. I've got the stop.
just want to speak over those with troubled minds right now. I just want to speak. If you know that you're being troubled by some issue of the mind, maybe a stress, maybe a mental health issue, maybe depression, God's going to lift that off you right now. Even as these musicians keep playing, there's something about the Spirit of God ministering this to us. And in Jesus' name, we now speak to that which would trouble our minds. We speak to that which would lie to us and come against the truth. And we say right now, in Jesus' name, be loosed, be free, be healed, be set free. Be well in your body and in your mind right now. We speak to mental health issues and we say, align yourself with the King. Align yourself with the Prince of Peace who rules and reigns. He's alive and He changes the way you think right now in Jesus' name. Receive it right now. Receive it. Freedom breakthrough right now in Jesus' name. Whatever the issue is for you, whatever you need breakthrough in, it might be a physical healing, that you've not found Jesus to be alive in that. That's not been your experience. 
And He's coming tonight as the risen one. He's coming tonight as the one who is alive from the dead. And He's coming to bring breakthrough to that. Might be some area of finance. And you've just not known Jesus to be alive in that area of finance. He's coming tonight to breathe life. Life was breathed into His dead body and He came alive. And He's breathing life into financial situations tonight. It might be an area of business. It might be an area of conflict. It might be an area where you need resolution too. Jesus is coming as King and everything else bows down to His authority. In a moment, we're going to come back to worship Him. Because it's not about us. It's not even about our need. It's about Him and how good He is and how grace-filled He is and how powerful He is and how full of authority He is. So I'm going to pray, then Lou's going to round it up and we're going to sing one more song to Him to worship Him. So therefore, in Jesus' name, we speak to that which would bind. We speak to that which would restrict. We speak to these hindrances and things that would be closed doors to us. We speak to those blockages right now in Jesus' name and we say, be subject to the King. Be subject to His authority and rule and reign. We submit to Christ. We submit to Christ the King. We submit to the Lamb on the throne. We submit to the one who was dead, but behold, is alive and reigns forevermore. We love you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. You're alive. Hallelujah. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah.